Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. How's it going, Grace Vineyard? And guess. <laughs> hey, um, thank you so much for being a part of what Bethany and I do in Cambodia. Um, you know, who's had a tough year this year? Anyone had a tough year? If you're not raising your hand, you're probably just very spiritual or you're a liar. But, um, you know, I, I look at, I just being in this room is a little bit overwhelming because many of you have, I know you pray for us, you, you are somebody that I've called during the year to look for counsel, um, and I just want to thank Ron so much. Isn't Ron amazing? I mean, just, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, he, he does all my administration work, but I just, I, I have had probably one of the toughest years where I you ever say like, okay, I want to quit. I want to quit. And then God asked me, well, what does that mean? And I, yeah, what does quitting mean? He's like, you want to die? And I said, no. He's like, well, what does quit mean? I said, I want to stop and do what? And I said, I don't know. I just want to quit. And when I don't know what to say to God, I call Ron. And, <laughs> and uh, Ron has been a counsel for me this last year. Um, and I just thank you, Ron, so much for being a pastor to pastors, a leader to leaders, a guy that anybody could come to and talk to and be encouraged. I walk away with my worst story, and he comes, and it turns out being my best story after Ron says it. And uh, yeah, I just, I have to be honest, I wouldn't be here today if God wasn't using this amazing man, and he has this amazing church. So thank you so much, Ron. Um, <laughs> I love you too, my guy. Um, so I want to um, share today some things from my heart. And there's, a, there's a, a, a moment in life where we have to realize our imagination is only the beginning. Our imagination is only the beginning with God. Sometimes we think, oh, yeah, you know, like little kids are so creative, right? Like a little kid, they, they can think like, oh, I can fly and I can do this stuff. But with God, our imagination is only the beginning. Just let that sink in because that's a really, really amazing thing I just said. <laughs> imagination is only the beginning. And what I love is what we're saying is, is with my loss or victory, you get all the glory. That is beyond what I can imagine. Because when you're in pain, you can't imagine much good unless you are Ron Ost. <laughs> you can't imagine much good when you're in pain. And that's why we need something beyond our imagination. Because if we just are stuck with what we think can happen, we're stuck. But God wants to do more than we can imagine. God has the ability to do more than we can think, and it goes beyond winning and losing, getting what we want and not getting what we want. God is beyond our imagination. And this is something that we've learned in Cambodia that I want to take you into. And today, I really hope that you walk away today saying, God's beyond what I can imagine. Even when I'm in pain, even when I'm in challenges, even when it's good, God's just getting started. Something's happening. If I'm not dead, God's still working. Because when I'm dead, 
God's going to be, this is my moment now to trust God. Because in heaven, we don't need faith anymore. We just got glory. But here is your only chance with the challenge to trust God. That's, this is all you get is right now. This is your moment to really define, do I trust Jesus to be faithful when the world is not? Will I turn to Jesus and say, okay, I'm looking for hope in you with my situation, or I'm not? There was a man who was talking to God, and he was going through a really challenging time, and he said, God, why is it so hard? Why, it feels like time is dragging on. And, and he, said, he said, God, what is a minute to you? And God said, a minute is like a million years. And he said, wow, well, what's a million dollars to you? And God said, well, that's like a penny. And so the man said, hey, God, can I have a penny? And God said, yes, wait one minute. <laughs> oh, I snuck it in there. He thought I was being all serious, but no, 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 no. Because God's beyond your imagination. <laughs> he does things you don't think of. And if you depend on earthly wisdom and your best talents, you're going to get disappointed. Of course, I do all the time. Jesus said it like this. He said, truly, truly. Now, whenever Jesus says truly, truly, that is like nothing that we talk like today. Who talks like that? Truly, truly, I tell you. Truly, truly is like, I I imagine the modern day version is, come on, come on, come on. Listen up. Check this out. I want to tell you something because you're not going to want to believe me because your imagination is so small. So come on, listen up. If I say to you, whoever believes in me, not some people, not Christians, not this, not if you go to church, not if you know the Bible, whoever believes in me will also do the works I do and greater works than these they will do because I'm going to the Father. When we read this verse, most people, if you're like me, we feel like, oh my gosh, God wants me to do death on a cross, cast out demons. He, wants, he has like a list of things for me. But I, I, I read this verse and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, have you ever read it like a father would read to their kid? And this changed my mindset. You know, I, ha- I have kids and if you have kids, you know what it's like you, do you want them to go have a better life than you? You want them to have a better school than you? You want them to have a better job than you? You want them to have a better everything than you because they're your kid. And this is God's heart in this verse. He doesn't say, go do better things. Why aren't you doing better than Jesus? You suck. No, he's saying, you're my kid, and I want better for you than my own son. I want better for you than my own kid. I'm the dad. I want better for you guys. I want you to do better things, not because you have to, but because I see better in you. And that is a wild, amazing thought that God would see us as children that he wants better for, better than we can imagine or think of. And, And that's why I came up with this idea, believe. No, I didn't come up with it. In Khmer, you say, I believe in Jesus. And I came to the church this year. I was praying. Every year I pick a theme for the church because I'm a pastor at a church in Cambodia. And every year I have to get like a theme in my heart that I, 
that I stick with for the year because I have to keep my focus because there's so many things going on. In Cambodia, there's extreme poverty. There's extreme corruption. There's last, this time last year in, in our country, everything was extreme shutdown. Grocery stores were shut down. Our church was closed for two years. We weren't gathering. So, I mean, it's hard to imagine, right? But he, this time last year, I came to, here to visit you guys, and we were completely shut down. Our church was not gathering, nothing for the kids, nothing going on. And in that moment, that's my chance to believe. Not when it's good and I'm in heaven and everything's done, but it's my, your challenges, our challenges right now, this is our chance to believe. So I came to the church and I said, guys, I believe that we're supposed to believe in Jesus to see miracles. This takes a big, gutsy move to say to a starving country, to tell them to believe in Jesus. This is, this is gutsy. You've got to have like guts to say to a poor person, hey, you need to believe. But it's what Jesus said, come on. If you believe in me, you'll see greater things. Do you believe? Now, what does he mean when he says, you believe in me? What are the things we're supposed to see? Well, he says this in Matthew 10. He says, you will heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And this is just one of the many, many things that happens when we believe in Jesus. Mountains will move, problems will change, dead will rise, lots of things. And in Cambodia, we try to focus on not always reading and writing things, so they actually, did you know that they, for believing in Jesus, they created an emoji for this? Did you know that? This is the emoji. When you believe in Jesus, this is the emoji that you use. So it's, 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 a, it's, it's, uh, it's not popularly used because we don't know what it's for, because we're not a Christian culture quite yet, even though we might think we are. But this is like, when God does beyond our imagination, it's mind-blowing. It's like, what just happened? When you see God do something incredible, you say, wow. It's almost so wow that we can almost ignore it and move on. Because it's like, that's really crazy and wild. Oh, moving on. Or you can celebrate it and send an emoji. <laughs> and everybody will be like, what just happened? I just saw somebody get healed. I just saw a, a person that was an alcoholic give up alcohol, and now they are taking care of their kids. I, I just saw a, a person in a village that lost their water buffalo for three days. And one day they said, well, I'll try Jesus. They pray. And when they said, amen, the water buffalo shows up in their front door. Like you could say, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Or you could do emoji. Wow. Wow. God does amazing things. And Jesus wants us to know about the wow of God, the beyond imagination of God. And this happened actually in a story with Jesus. Jesus was in a, I want to pretend like it was a beautiful place like this. And he's teaching. Jesus taught and he started, 90% of Jesus' ministry was in a place like Oceanside. It was beautiful. He knows where to teach, right? And he's between Galilee and Mount Hermon and Capernaum. He's just teaching lessons to people, talking about God's goodness in a beautiful spot. And then suddenly, a leader of a church comes to Jesus and gets on his knees and says, Jesus, my kid's dying. Please help me. I need help. 
If you have a kid, you know the most weakest moment of, of life can be is when your kid is sick. You'll quit your job. You, I, my, I told people, my church, when, when my kids get lost, in, like in the crowd, I'm at my church, and my kid's lost, I don't care that I have to preach. I don't care that there's a schedule. I don't care what's going on. I'm just like, Saban, or sorry, my kid's name's Miles. Miles, where are you? And like, I'm looking around. It, the whole building could be on fire, and I don't know, because my kid matters so much to me. And this father is on his knees before Jesus, a leader, a leader, a Christian religious. You know, when you're a Christian leader, you sometimes feel like I got to have it together. I got to, oh, I'm the Christian. I have everything peace in my heart. It passes all understanding because I'm so peaceful. I know, I know that's the way we're supposed to, but the truth is, is no, it, peace happens in chaos. And so, so this guy falls at the feet of Jesus, and at this time, Jesus is not a popular person to follow. In fact, if a religious person falls at the feet of Jesus, it's a question mark if he's a good person in that moment. And he's at the feet of Jesus saying, Jesus, can you please help me? And Jesus looks at him and says, let's go take care of your kid. Let's go pray. So he starts to follow him. And as he follows him, he comes into a crowd of people. And in the crowd of people, um, Jesus is passing through. And, and he's on his way. I mean, imagine this. He's on his way to go heal somebody. Urgent matter, right? Very important moment. Very timely that when someone's dying, you don't just be like, go to McDonald's and get a drink, right? You got to like go directly to that situation that's going on. And so the father, or the father is walking. I imagine, you know, like if I'm the dad and I'm like going this way, Jesus, come on, let's go. There's a crowd. And Jesus is walking through the crowd and suddenly he stops. In the middle of a crisis, he stops and says, hey, wait a second, someone has touched me. Jesus, in the moment of a crowd, says someone touched me. And I don't want to state the obvious, but in a crowd, people touch you. And his friends were like, even his friends were like, yeah, a lot of people touched you, Jesus. It's not like, what do you mean? He says, no, power is leaving me. Something's, God's doing something. The wow just happened, and we don't want to miss it, even on the way to a life and death situation. This is how important it is to not pass by the moments where God moves and quickly move in in our lives, but to react to each moment where God's doing something incredible because we can get caught up in the pain or the pleasure of God. We can get caught up in the, the painful moments where, where it's like, this person's dying, I gotta go take care of this, and I gotta do this, and those are important moments. Or we can also say, hey, God's moving. Let's also recognize that in the middle of the crisis as well. I know there's moments where there's extreme pain. I get it. I'm, I, I feel those moments in my life too. Being in a church where people don't have food for their kids that week is a normal situation for me. Being in a situation where you don't know what's going to happen when someone gets sick in Cambodia because there's not enough medical support, it's real. But in the middle of our situations, God knows when you're reaching out to him. God knows when you're reaching out to touch him. There might be people with worse problems than you. But God knows when you reach out to him. It's important to him, just like it was to this woman. 
Your situation matters to God. doesn't matter if it's worse or not worse than someone else. Reach out to Jesus and see the miracle. Reach out to Jesus and see what he does. Your situation matters. As Jesus is sitting there with this woman, it says, he goes, don't just tell me your story. He says, he listened to her whole story. She had been sick for many years. I mean, can you imagine the son, the, 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 the father's there, his, his uh, daughter, I think his daughter is dying. And Jesus is talking to this woman about her whole story, not letting the moment pass by. And in the middle of that story, his, the father's friends come to him and say, hey, your, your child is dead. Can you imagine the disappointment of like, Jesus, you're supposed to be this miracle worker. I humbled myself, came to you on my knees, begged you to heal my, my, my child. And then you stopped to talk to this woman. And in the middle of this conversation, I found out my kids did. You're supposed to be good. Have you ever felt like God's supposed to be good and you didn't feel like he's doing a good job? That's normal because we're so fallen in, in our world that we can't always see God's goodness. But he's always good. We know it, but we can't always see it. And it's okay to admit that battle because admitting it reminds you God is still good even if I can't see it. He's still good even if I can't see it. And Jesus looks at the Father and he says, don't be afraid. I love this part about the story. Jesus is like, don't be afraid. Guys, don't be afraid when life gets messy. It's normal. We're in a messy world. We're going to be in messy situations. Don't be afraid. And Jesus says this. He says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Oh, my gosh. That's such a weak answer, right? Just believe. What are we in Disney World? Come on. Just believe. Just believe. And she will be healed. The most important part of our life Get this, our life, the most important part is not what we do, but what we believe. God created us as beings to function around belief. It's the core of us. What we believe matters more than anything else. It's what Jesus gets mad about. It's what he gets happy about. It's what angels celebrate about. It's what we live or die, heaven or hell. It's all about belief. This is the core of us. What we believe matters more than anything else. And Jesus says, in the middle of life and death, loss or victory, believe. Believe. When we believe in Jesus, we can see that miracles can still happen in chaos. Miracles can happen when it's messy. When I was beginning to reopen the church, we, we were closed for two years and it was a complete mess. When we reopened, other, other churches reopened before me because in, our church had a disagreement with the government and they didn't have a good relationship with us. So I had to wait longer than all the other churches to open up. And when all the other churches opened up in Cambodia, they were, my friends and pastors are there telling me, hey, only a few people are coming back to the church. And it's only like half of the people coming back. And I said, you know, that's, that's, that's tragic, but we got to start somewhere. And so I said, let's open up. And we reopened our church. And we opened a Sunday celebration. And I told everybody, let's just believe. 
Let's believe in Jesus for good things to happen. Let's believe. And the next week, you know, whenever you say something bold, whenever you're like really bold and moxie and just say it, it always, 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 always gets challenged. The moment you say, I love you to your spouse, you start fighting like crazy because you get challenged. Challenge happens when you get bold. It doesn't make getting bold wrong because you've got to get strong in your belief. And the only way we get strong in our belief is when we get challenged in our beliefs. We get challenged by things, and then we have to choose, hey, when it doesn't get the effects I want, will I still believe this? That's where strong faith comes from, guys. It doesn't come from the miracles happening. That doesn't make your faith stronger. It comes more when the disappointment comes and you still say, no, I'm going to believe. That's where the strength comes from. And this is the moment to build that strength in, in this in our, in our lives. Not when we're in heaven, it's now. And I said, let's believe as a church, let's believe when we reopen, God's going to do miracles and amazing things. And when I said that, the next week, a child drowned in our lake. Death in my face. The next Three days later, a man commits suicide next to our church. I'm just like, I almost don't want to open my mouth anymore. You ever felt like that? I feel like an idiot. Maybe you don't, and I just do. But I was like, because you're all amazing Christians, and I'm still trying to figure out my life with God, but I'm just like, I just don't want to talk anymore about God. I don't even know if God's real anymore. What? Did I just say that? Yes! I was fighting doubt. Is this even real? Is this, what am I doing? But I choose to believe God. Now I'm like the squeaky mouse. Believe. And then we had our, uh, we saw some small groups get started. And one of the moms in our small group, this was the biggest blow. She just became a Christian, opened up a small group in her home in the village. And she was taking a shower, and there, there was a wire that connected and electrocuted her to death. She left her two kids and her husband, who was not a Christian, done. And Bethany, does, who does outreach, she, her whole team is just distraught. They're like, what do we do? We're telling people to believe. We're saying, let's grow the church. We opened the church on Sunday morning, and we, had, we were down to like three people. Three I think, we, and, I, and my, my whole team is looking at me like we set up the sound. It's a lot of work. These guys, these tech guys back here, you know how much work they do? And they, and they show up, and there's like three people in the audience. There's more people in the tech booth than in my, in my church. It's just like, believe? Please? Please believe? And I'm the one who's saying this. So we thought about what do we do for this mom and her family who just who paid a huge price, and her life passed away. And they were doing a Buddhist funeral for her, because that's what you do. You, 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 you play depressing music for the Buddhist funerals and make yourself feel really bad to show them that you love them. And I said, no, let's do a celebration of life. And let's, let's invite all the village to come and say, as a, she was a Christian, we believe that now she's in heaven, we believe she's in heaven, so we're going to celebrate what we believe, and we're going to invite the kids and the father to come 
to the church, and we're going to have uh, our whole church service is just going to be a celebration of her life because it's not that big of a change to change three people, right? <laughs> so I said, that's what we're going to do. And that Sunday we did it, we saw over 60 people show up to find out what Christians think and believe. This was our church that Sunday morning right here. The next, uh, this is it right here. We, we just were like, what's going on? Yeah, you can clap if you have a heart. That's good too. So, <laughs> sorry, I thought I was in Grace Vineyard. I don't know what's going on. Um, no, this, is, this was incredible because we were like three people showing up. And here's the cool part is we were wondering what happened. A witch doctor who doesn't even believe that people can go to heaven. Buddha did not go to heaven. Buddha, and they, they, in Buddhism, they, say, they teach you that, that Buddha can't even get to heaven. That gets impossible. And the witch doctor that's Buddhist, he's a Buddhist witch doctor, he walks around telling people in the village, well, she went to heaven. And we're like, what? What? And he's like telling people, yeah, well, she's different. Something's different about her. So she went to heaven. So all the people came to church to find out why is she different? Why did she go to heaven? What happened to her? And so at the church service, we're like, who wants to see a miracle? And they're like, yeah, who has pain? They're like, I have pain. So I, I prepped the, the preacher to, what to say. I said, ask for people that want to get healed and pray for them. And he said, okay. So people raised their hands. I, want to get, I, I have pain. I want to get healed. And then we prayed over them. But he forgot to ask if there was anybody that felt healing. And then the next week, more people came. 80 people came. And we said, what's going on? And they, they start giving testimonies. Yeah, last week you prayed and I got healed. So then I told all my other friends to come. And now they're experiencing miracles. And now Sunday morning, we just saw pictures. We, have an, we, we average around 120 people now coming every Sunday morning. And that's just one adult celebration out of many that we have. <laughs> miracles happen in chaos when you believe. Miracles happen in our mess that's when, it's, that's when it's a time for a miracle. If you're in a mess, thank God you get a chance to see a miracle. If you're feeling stressed, if you're not, if you're not feeling a little bit scared and overwhelmed, you're not stepping out in faith. You gotta say, okay, it's gonna be painful. That's when I can trust. You don't really trust when it's easy and comfortable. And you gotta kind of find like a new groove of understanding of your life. You know, groove. You know, like the groove. I can say things in America I can't say in Cambodia, and I'm having so much fun right now. <laughs> you got to get into a groove, you know, like the groove, you know, like. And I've been listening to gospel music, which is a miracle, right, Ron? Because I normally don't. And there's a song called, you know, the, the Bless Me song. Bless me, bless me. You know the song? Bless me, God. Oh, it's amazing. It's these guys, and I, they're singing in jail. God, bless me, bless me, so I can bless other people. And I'm, in, I'm playing this song, walking around Cambodia. Bless me so I can bless everyone. Bless me. God is get into a groove in your messy life where you say, it's painful, I believe. It's painful, I believe. It's painful, I believe. Bless me, God, in my pain and my mess so I can bless others. That's what I want to do. It's not my perfect life that blesses people. In fact, when your life is perfect, people usually look at you and say, oh, they got it all together. I could never be like them but it's the broken vessels that God's light shines through. So be a blessing to others by being a mess that trusts God in the middle of your chaos. 
The second part I like is in the story. When Jesus shows up, this is hilarious. I, I missed this part when I read the story. When Jesus shows up, he says, don't be afraid. He walks to the father's house. And he gets there, and he looks at the, the dead child, and he says, oh, the child's just sleeping. And you know what the people did? I missed this. This is great. It says they laughed at him. Jesus got laughed at. That's so awesome. Have you ever been laughed at by people or felt like people look at you and they think, oh, you're stupid? You know, what are you trusting God for now? This is crazy. You're such, oh, it's your fault. You, 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 you made mistakes. Jesus knows what you feel like. They laughed at him. And it wasn't like an amusing laugh where it's like he told a joke like I did. It was like they laughed at him. They laugh at you. It's so painful. I get laughed at a lot. And not in a good way. (laughs) But then they went from laughter to astonished. It says that they laughed at him. He prayed. The child gets healed, which is the part we remember in our minds. But this part we should not forget is they were all astonished. They went from laughing at him to saying, wow, at him. You can't get to the wow without a little bit of pain. You just can't get there. You got to walk through some valleys. But this is our chance to do it. This is our moment. I had people laughing at me when we reopened the adult celebration. In January, we had around 233 people in our church. So, which sounds, it's is amazing in, in the adult celebration. That was amazing. When we reopened, our attendance was like it was when we, before we closed for COVID. And that was a wow moment. And I said, God, that's incredible. But we stayed open, and the next month, we saw more people come. And then the next month, we saw more, less. And you ever take a dip, and you think, oh, should I quit? Should I stop? Maybe we should do less services. Maybe we should do less things for God. It just got a little bit messy. And we said, no, we are going to believe. Should we stop? Should I stop right now? Because that's what I was thinking of doing. So I said, no, I'm going to keep going. Let's do it again. Next month, 259. Oh, my gosh. The number is going down. People aren't coming. It's getting worse. This is going to get embarrassing now. What if no one comes? What if my situation doesn't get better? Or I can believe. Should I keep going? All right, next month. Okay, a few more people start coming back. Yay. Next month, more people come. Next month, more people come. We are seeing in our adult celebration, in all of our celebrations together, we see almost 1% of the population of our city coming to our church alone. I don't know why, because I'm not that good of a speaker. I'm not that great of a guy. Ron says I'm good, but that's just because Ron says everyone's good. (laughs) And you know it's true, because you're listening to me talk now. But God's good. But you know what? Numbers, Numbers are numbers. You know what I like a number? Numbers are important to God. You know why? Because every number has a name. Every number has a story to it that's a miracle of what God did. You know what? Every number represents to me, every number represents a person that came to our church and they cut off the band of Buddhism to say, I trust Jesus. That's what every number means. This woman right here, this is a normal thing in our church to see. Every number to me, you know what number means to me? 
in our Sunday service is when I see over 20 people saying, I want to come up to the front and give my life to Jesus. That's what this means to me, this next picture. This is our altar call. Next picture. This is what every number means to me. A family that comes three times a week with their kids because they're hungry to know more about Jesus. They come in their own time. This is what every number means to me. Is, is a small group in a village. I love this. That's growing and getting healthier and stronger. Every number to me represents a small group with expats. We have expats coming to our church. White people that are from Switzerland, Germany, Austria, that showed up in Cambodia, and they're giving their lives to Jesus in our church. I have an international church in Cambodia. That's so crazy. Every number to me represents a, 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 a person, that my friend, he's been praying for his mom for 10 years to give her life to Jesus. And he sends me this message saying, Bong. Sorry, Bong doesn't remember. It's not Bong. It's, it means old brother. Sorry. <laughs> Just when you say Bong, it means old brother. It's not the Bong that you smoke. So he says, Bong, look at this, big brother, look at this. I prayed for my mom for 10 years, and tonight she gave her life to Jesus. Every number to me looks like this. It means that in one Sunday, we see, some, we, in our last two Sundays ago, in the next picture, we saw over six, almost 600 people, adults, come to our church. Just in one gathering. But this is the story I love the best. Every number to me is a mom. Where her entire village became Christian, but she was a little bit further away. And the outreach team had not been to her. And she heard about... She had saw them meeting in a small group, and one Sunday, they all got dressed up, and they left on motos, and she didn't know where they were going, but she thought, well, that looks like they're going to a party, and that looks like fun. They're all happy and smiling. I wonder where they're going. So she gets dressed quickly, gets on her moto, and follows them all the way to our church, and she walks in, and she's like, what is this? What is everybody doing? Why are they singing songs so happy and talking to the sky? What's going on? And she sits down, and as she sits down, she feels these goosebumps on her. And she, they don't call them goosebumps, they call them chicken skin. <laughs> she feels chicken skin, and she's like, what's, what's, what's this? This is, this is new. And she hears about this man named Jesus, a God that came to us, died for our sins, rose from the dead, and now is the king of heaven, saying, come join me. And she says, well, this sounds good. I want to believe this, and gives her life to Jesus just because she followed her friends to a party. <laughs> and it gets even better. The wow gets... She then says to our... She joins a small group and says, my husband left me three years ago. I would like to be with him again. I'd like him to know Jesus. And two weeks ago, she says to me in church, this is my husband. So good. So painfully good. <laughs> our kids' church, when we reopened our kids' church, everything shut down for the kids. Everything. Everything shut down for them. It was painful to see. And when we re- reopened, we didn't have, we couldn't even send trucks out to the kids. We used to pick, has, I think, Carissa, you've been there, right? We have these big trucks, right? And we send out about a dozen trucks to pick up kids and bring them to church because they can't get there, it's not safe. But we couldn't send trucks out because of COVID. So we just opened up the doors. And normally we have around 350 kids come because of the trucks, but we didn't do trucks. When we reopened, 300 kids showed up. 
on their bikes, walking down the road, like little kids, little kids with their mom and dad, just saying, I want to go to church. And they walk on their own. And then we thought, this is incredible to see this. And so we stayed open the next month. More kids came the next month. Less. Should we quit or should we? You guys want to stop now or should I go home? Because when it goes down, I want to go home and I just want to quit. So I said, okay, let's stay open. Next month, less. We said, no, we're going to believe. Even if two kids show up, we're going to do this. Because every number has a name. So we stayed open. Next month, more kids come. No trucks. They're all walking. So then we thought, okay, let's get a few more trucks and open it up. Next month, more trucks. Next month, more trucks. We still don't even have all the trucks yet. We only do, we used to do almost 20 trucks. We only have like eight or nine going out. But yet now they come. In fact, two Sundays ago, we had 800 kids show up. 800 little kids in one celebration. One service, 800 little kids. We almost have 1,000 kids every week coming to church. And I don't even like the kids that much. They're really, I like mine. But, but God is moving in their lives. And one little girl, she, she, this is my, one of my daughter's friends. Um, she, uh, she came to church, and most of their parents in the morning don't come with them to church. And the little girl said, um, I want to I I go home and talk to my mom. And we said, we prayed for her, and she went home and talked to her mom. And she, she said, Mom, I heard about a story today about this man named Jesus, that forgives me from all my mistakes. And that, that forgiveness spoke to my heart, Mom. And I want to tell you, I, I forgive you because I know you don't love me. And it's okay. A little eight-year-old girl says, I forgive you, Mom, for not loving me. And the mom got mad at her and said, what do you mean? I don't love you. I'm your mom. Of course, I should love you. And then her mom realized, I don't love my daughter. She has been a burden to me because I'm so poor. I don't have enough money to take care of her, so I treat her poorly, and I, and I project my disappointment on her, and I don't love her. And she broke down and started crying. I said, I'm so sorry. So, so, so. And the girl was like, it's okay, Mom. You can learn about Jesus too. So the mom started coming to church, getting rid of the alcohol and the the, the things in her life that were holding her down and finding belief in Jesus. Believing in Jesus changes our hearts. The fruit of belief is what we celebrate sometimes more than the belief but believing is where it's at. And her mom started coming to church, and now her, her whole family comes. They're cleaned up. They're, they're part of the church. But every number, all 800 kids, sometimes we only get a few stories. That's why every number matters to me. It's, I don't celebrate because it's big. I don't care about big or small. I, I celebrate every person because that's what kingdom of heaven is. It's people. And every number represents a miracle and a story, 
And I know if I know about one, there's many more that we don't know about. If 800 kids show up to my church, our church, I know there's more going on. And I celebrate every story that happens, that goes on. And I want to thank you guys so much for being a part of what God's doing in Cambodia. Because you guys pray for us and you encourage us. And this story, where the story begins with Jesus, where he goes and he sees this amazing miracle of the girl, of the, the child getting healed, it all starts with the man who falls at his feet. And, and when this man, he falls at the feet of Jesus, we recognize our need. And I think that is a huge part of belief, is recognizing our need for God. And falling at his feet is, is how, how do we position ourselves for the miracles. It's how we position ourselves to connect with God in this way. And we had uh, just a couple weeks ago, one of the kids who grew up in kids' church, she got up and shared her testimony. This is the girl. And she had grown up coming to kids' church years ago, um, believed in Jesus. Her family was Buddhist. They would force her to burn incense and go to the pagodas and worship the, the idols. And she would say, no, I don't want to do that. I believe in Jesus. And they, the family would really pressure her and, and almost persecute her because she was the different one in her family. But she really wanted to believe in Jesus. And recently, her dad had a heart attack. And the medical system in Cambodia, like Eddie said, is really bad and um, they didn't actually have a lot of hope for the father. And they did as many treatments as they could and basically said, you need to go buy a coffin. There's no hope for him. And they said, well, let's take him to another city. Maybe there's a hospital there. And they said, he's not even going to survive the trip to another city. Like, you really just, just save your money. And they said, no, we're going to try it. But she came to her family and she said, let's pray to Jesus. Let's pray to Jesus because I believe that Jesus can heal. And she was, she's 13 years old right now. And, and when she prayed, a miracle happened. And by the time that they got to the hospital in the other city, they said there's nothing wrong with him. And so a couple weeks later, you know, they're, they're believing in Jesus they come to church, and they, they, uh, they meet somebody else who's sick with maybe cancer. I'm not sure what she has. Um, but they volunteer to just go up and pray for her. So they, they went from, like, we don't believe in Jesus to, wow, he's healed me. I believe in Jesus. I want to pray for you also that you're healed. And this is them um, at church one Sunday praying for, for the sick. And... Coming to the feet of Jesus, this is what he is, he's asking us to do, is, is we don't always get to see the miracles right away, and in a minute, we're going we're gonna to watch a little movie. Um, we made this movie last, in the last year um, to, really, to really push ourselves 
to worship and praise and believe for miracles. And in Cambodia, there's a lot of debt, a lot of debt where debt collectors come and um, there's just so much pressure. People during COVID lost their jobs and even before that, a lot of debt um, and not a lot of work. And so in this movie, it's kind of about a, a man who's looking for work, can't find work, way in debt, and he just stops to seek God. And there's no miracle in, the, in this movie. But when we turn our hearts, when we fall at the feet of Jesus, that's, this is where the miracles happen. And so whether or not we get it today or we get it tomorrow, because it can happen any time, right? The miracle can happen any time, and God knows when it's going to happen. And sometimes we need to stand and we need to pray and we need to worship right where we're at in our difficult circumstance. And the other, there's a couple other scenarios going on. There's a little boy who wishes he could go to school. And he doesn't have the opportunity right now, but he'll just, he's just going to stand and he's going to worship and he's going to lift up his prayer to God. And then there's another one about a, little, um, a teenage girl who feels that she's not beautiful, she's not good enough. But she's going to stand and she's going to worship and she's going to praise God. So that's what's going to happen. That's kind of what's going on in, this, in the story that we're going to watch. But for us, as we watch, as we listen, I just want to challenge us to, to open our hearts, to fall at the feet of Jesus and lift up your prayers. Because this is how we connect. This is where the miracles happen. That's not going to happen when we know it's going to happen. It's, they happen when we believe in Jesus. And we're not just seeking after miracles. We're seeking after Jesus. Because he knows what kind of miracle we need better than we do. Often we get so stuck in, I need this now. This is what I need. And God is actually like, no, no. I've got something, got something else for you. And, it, and sometimes it's, and most of the time, it's mind-blowingly bigger than our imagination, right? It's mind-blowingly bigger. And if we can even look back on what God has already done, I believe you've seen it already in your life. I know for, we're all in very different places, but we all have uh, this need to believe. Because this is what God is always seeking from us, is here on earth, Will I find faith? Will I find people who will believe in me? And believing in Jesus is what we're called to do. We're called to believe in the good days, but also in the, in the chaos, also in the mess. And that's, um, yeah, what we believe. We just want to pray uh, today. We want to pray for you guys. We're so thankful for the mess that each of you are. <laughs> I'm also really overwhelmed being here. My time here in Oceanside um, in 2013, 14, and 15 was really a huge training ground for me. And I believe God really has used it to continue to propel both Eddie and I into ministry. And who knows what this time is for you as well. So let's um, just take some time to, to receive from Father God. I love how Eddie shared about the Father heart of God today. 
And we want to just really accept that he has greater works for each of us to do when we believe. So, Jesus, I just thank you for your church. Thank you for Grace Vineyard Oceanside, the training area that this is here today, the things in our lives that you want us to lay down our unbelief. God, we fall at your feet and we say, help our unbelief. I've got some, but I need more. I need more, Jesus. I need to believe more. Help my unbelief. God, and we, we come to you and we recognize who you are and that you are good no matter our circumstances. You are good no matter the chaos, no matter the pain. And we welcome you into each area of our lives to bring healing, to bring restoration, and to bring your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.